Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello and welcome to the Hyperion Hub. I'm John Alois and joined by Sean Dagenhart. Here. And <laughs> Bueller, John Redlingshaver. <laughs> Hi guys, what, what is going on? Sorry, not Disney. <laughs> But that's all right. We hope you're having a great week. You can tell we are. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. We are on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. We're at Hub Hyperion. We like to start the show off with our Disney views. And we are so happy to report that Disneyland is back open and if you're a Disney fan, you know this, but uh, it was very emotional for some. It was uh, very cool to watch the live feeds coming in. We got to see Josh tomorrow and the two Bobs uh, just past Main Street on your way to the hub, waving to fans. It was great to see all the cast members out there. What a cool moment for Disneyland to be back open, guys. Yeah, some friends I've got that work out there, just seeing the videos that they you know, showed on Facebook. It was like they were entering the park for the first time. It was just so exciting to see the response from the working cast members, greeting people coming back in. It was, it was really emotional. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the Bobs, John. Even Bob Iger with his phone out, taking pictures, and then posting them on his Twitter feed. If you don't need a better understanding of how down-to-earth that team is, that was my favorite part. There was a picture of Bob Iger taking a picture that Bob posted on his Twitter feed. I mean, it was just everybody circling around taking pictures of each other because they were back home. And it, it was it, many, many months after Florida had reopened, it was nice to see California get their turn. It was great to see. Uh, I don't know who shared the video. I don't think it was a Disney official video, but uh, Bob Chapek addressed everybody before they opened the gates, addressed uh, the cast members and had some wonderful things to say. So it was cool to see it. Uh, we got to see a brand new attraction, or I should say a reimagined attraction with Snow White. It looks amazing. It's not just a fresh coat of paint. They actually finished the story. Uh, that was the problem I always had with Disneyland's version of Snow White compared to Walt Disney World's. Walt Disney World's was the superior attraction, and now it's finally uh, just a complete story. So it's great to see that as well. And coming up, we have a cast member who is a tour guide at the Disney Studio, and he has some great stories to share about Disneyland's reopening as well. Okay, well, we are thrilled to have with us today a Disney cast member from out in Burbank, Drew Hayashida. Drew, welcome to the Hyperion Hub. Hello. We are so glad to have you. You just recently visited Disneyland on its grand reopening, so we definitely want to get to that. But before we do, give us a little bit of your history with the Walt Disney Company. Uh, I've been with the company off and on for 30 years. Uh, I started when I was 10. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> um, I started the Disneyland at Disneyland uh, before it was the Disneyland Resort, actually. Um, and I started at Carnation Plaza Gardens as a uh, fry cook uh, there and ice cream scooper. Uh, I was there for about three years. Then I transferred to entertainment where I worked very closely with the characters. Uh, and I also performed in shows. And that was I was there for eight years. That was an extraordinary experience. 
when I would never trade. And then I transferred to Innoventions. Our Innoventions in California for uh, folks who don't go to Disneyland very often was in the uh, old Carousel of Progress building. So it was in the spinning building. And uh, I was part of the folks who were on the outside, what we call ring, that rotated. And we would talk about how technology would help your life or uh, travel or entertainment or sports. So that was, uh, I was there for about three years. While I was there, uh, you Disney cast member people will know what a Disney University leader is. I was a Disney University leader for about three years during that time. So I did training and development amongst other things. I did orientation for the new cast members who came to the park. And then I, uh, when Disney California Adventure opened, I did a show called Drawn to Animation. Folks in Florida won't know that show at Disney's Hollywood Studios. They used to be there, but ours was a little bit different. We weren't in a chair the whole time. Uh, I saw the one in Florida. Uh, we actually had to run around the stage, so I got my exercise, where we talked to Mushu the Dragon and talked about how animated characters are born. And today, that same sh uh, show building or area is the Animation Academy where they teach you how to draw. But see, I'm not an animator, so I couldn't do that. <laughs> what I ended up doing was transferring up to Burbank to the Walt Disney Studios, uh, the house that Walt and Roy built, really, in 1940. And uh, I, uh, I wasn't there in 1940, by the way. I'm not that old. <laughs> and I uh, was part of their Disney University, and I facilitated and managed the orientation program as well as other learning programs up there for almost 10 years. I left Disney for a short time to be at NBC Universal. Then I actually got a call uh, to go back to the studio a lot to do VIP tour. So if you're a D23 member, I've done tours for D23 and Disney Movie Rewards or Disney Movie Insiders. I do tours for them as well. Uh, so that's my, I'm sorry, that was so long, but that's my career basically. So favorite memory as uh, entertainment working in the parks? I think every cast member has that thing where there's one thing that just, it reminds them of why they want to work there. And I have many stories, but the one I can tell. <laughs> um, I was in Mickey's house. I was a host of, with Mickey Mouse. And we had this woman, and she was in her 60s. And she stopped at the door. She was like, adults sometimes get afraid of the characters. And um, she wouldn't come in. And we tried to, hey, look, Mickey's really nice and all this stuff. Because, I mean, adults, it's weird. You know, you look at a character, and sometimes the synapses in your brain snap because it's a cartoon character and yet, you know, there's a person inside kind of thing. So it's like, they can't connect the dots. It's really, so that's what we thought was going on. And this woman was really emotional, not like crying, but she was very moved. And uh, she goes, no, 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 I'm not afraid of Mickey. Let me tell you. So she was from the Midwest. Uh, she was a single mother. And she told us that she had four kids um, and how she got them to behave, you know, to do chores if you're good, I'll take you to Disneyland someday. And um, she obviously, I mean, she was a single mother with four kids, you know, and she was lower middle class. I mean, she couldn't raise that money. Uh, so she never did. But um, her kids grew up. All four went to college. <laughs> All four got married and had children of their own. They threw her 65th birthday party. And they said, Mom, you always told us if we were good, you'd take us to Disneyland. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take you to Disneyland because we love you so much. And we, um, oh, sorry. 
That's all right. Here come the waterworks for me. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She said uh, that they they were like we're gonna we're gonna spend four days in California and take you, and um, and she said it wasn't real to her until she saw Mickey Mouse, hmm. and. And it was it was it was it was kind of bad from a cast member standpoint because we're standing there crying, you know. And um, we the phones call it like, "Are you guys ready for another group?" And we're like, "Not yet." <laughs> <laughs> and we're all just we're taking a million pictures with this person. She was so lovely and just just an extraordinary person. And uh, um, you could feel the strength. You could see how she was able to make it all those years on her own. Um, and the fact that this meant so much to her you know it, it was just an amazing thing and it 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 says so much about disney it's it's why i think all of us are fans of disney and um it's that intangible thing but it always it just hits you right in the soul man and i'm proud to have had the time i've had at the disney company and i'm not representing them during this podcast but at the same time i am a fan i am a guest I am a consumer. I buy a lot of stuff, um, you know, and it's, but it's not just that it's uh, the memories and it's the experiences and they're unique to every single person. And uh, I will never forget that ever, 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 ever. So when I do my tours, I mean, that's, I want to give everybody more than, you know, if you get a tour with me, you get more than, than what's on the script. You know what I mean? Because if you're a fan and you're into it, forget it. <laughs> so you talk about your tours and you talk about the fact that there's a script and story is all about Disney and Disney is all about story. Uh, without revealing too much, how do you weave that story through your tour as you're, as you're making your way through the, those hollowed grounds? That's a really good question. You know, we, we do have a script and know that I've been doing tours in a different capacities. I wasn't always a, a VIP tour guy, for instance, but I've been doing tours up there in different capacities for, a, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years now. Um, and uh, I just know everything so well. And the story stays the same where we set up how we got to Burbank, you know, what Walt did and what Walt and Roy did um, and who it started off being and who we are today. Um, and then for me, it's customizing that to the guest. So I always kind of, I, if I have the time, sometimes I don't have the time, but when I have the time, I try to ask the guests what their interests are. Are they into the movies, the animators, are they in the parks? So that way, through the course of the tour, I point out specific things. So the, the story kind of unfolds organically as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, always Walt is there. You know what I mean? It's... Nothing would be there without Walt Disney and 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 Roy Disney, really. And uh, that has to be a part. I'm a huge Walt fan, you know what I mean? Like, he's one of my heroes. So that's always going to be a part of it. But, you know, sometimes I have younger people, so I try to, to incorporate a lot more uh, newer things like Marvel. And I'm a big Marvel fan. I'm a big Star Wars fan. And, um, you know, and the new animated movies and shows and all that stuff. So I, it's... It just depends. I I always tell people that when I do tours, you know, I'm you. 
I'm a fan too. I just know more than you do. That's all there is. But, you know, it's just, I, I'm excited too. So, and that usually comes off, um, and it's and it's authentic, you know. I'm just I'm just a dork, man. I, and I freely admit I wear my geek card proudly, you know, because I just I love it. I love it all, and even more than that, I love the Disney fans, man. Because so much fun. We talk about all kinds of stuff, you know. So it's just it's uh, it's those moments are magical to me, and I I try to do that. So I hope that answered your question. I know it wasn't totally about the story but i try to weave in the story and i always try to have some kind of conclusion at the end of the tour that's you know not just like hey go to the store buy thanks you know <laughs> well well maybe that's kind of uh, fed into uh the, the discussion at, at corporate but no I, I i think that's so true i mean you're gonna feed off each other like a comedian feeds off the room you know you're gonna pick up that vibe and so i guess i have a more basic question is you know, what does the tour entail? You know, I'm there at D23, there's a tour, you know, 10,000 feet view here. Does it, is the path the same? Does it depend on a young group, old group, big group, small group? Maybe just walk our listeners through what the tour is. The D23 tour is a two and a half hour tour and it is structured. So every tour is the same. The path is the same. The tour guides tend to, we all say pretty much the same things, but each tour guide is interested in like, oh, I'm a big interested in the parent trap or I'm a big interest, interested in Marvel. So they'll kind of throw in additional information based upon what they personally are interested in. Or if they notice someone's wearing a Alice in Wonderland shirt, oh, you know, well, they did the voices for Alice in Wonderland here. Um, but it is pretty much, there's about 49 acres and we cover most of that that stuff we definitely uh, go into the old animation building or the original animation building we go to archives we do go to legends plaza and then the d23 tours we go into walt's office so it's a really special uh experience and if you're a disney fan i'm not trying to sell that i'm i'm talking as a fan uh the d23 tour is pretty cool i mean it, it and plus you get stuff like there's little tchotchke giveaways, right? Um, and that's always nice. And you do get to shop at the store. <laughs> See, we came back to it. <laughs> of course. It's Disney. What do you do after the ride? You go to the store. You know? <laughs> so do people get to request you, Drew, on their tours? I mean, the D23 tours, is it's a little bit more difficult. And I'm, you know... As much as I'm sitting here, I I think we're all great. I th and I'm not just saying that either. I every single tour guide is uh, you know not only qualified, but they each have a personality of their own, and they're so much fun. So I mean, I think any tour guide you get, um, I have gotten requests only because I know people who know people, uh, especially for the Disney Movie Insider tours, uh, which are a little bit different. Um, the difference between the D23 and the DMI tours is that the DMI tours are a little bit more casual. Um, you know, it's still two and a half hours, but it's, you know, it's only one family. And maximum, I think, is six people, eight people. So it's really intimate. And it's during the week. So you get to see the house, like D23 tours are, um, although we do the occasional Mondays, mostly on Saturdays, the DMI tours are, are when, you know, things are happening. So sometimes you'll bump into them shooting on the lot. And, um, you know, you got to kind of talk about that a little bit. And so it's the DMI tours. Yeah, you got to save a lot of points, but it's a way intimate experience. And, um, you know, I like both tours for different reasons. The DMI tours, though, I really get to know the groups 
uh, intimately. And I like that. And in fact, I've made friends through that. So it's, it, you know, they're both great. I think they're both great. So a hypothetical question. Say someone was on the lot, on their own to explore. John is shaking his head no. Well, say, well, you're, clarify, say, clarify. say you're John Alois. Thank Let's you. clarify that. <laughs> say you're giving a tour and you walk into the, um, the bungalow and find someone there exploring on their own. What would you do as a cast member? <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on a I, second. <laughs> Hold on. No, no, no. I, so, I mean, this is a hypothetical. I understand yeah. that. This is kind of like this never happened. Um, so I get that. Um, you know, uh, I mean, honest, honestly, you know, I don't know why people are there. You know what I mean? Like, there are people who work there. People go into buildings because they're having a meeting or, or whatever it is. I don't know. So it's not for me to kind of go, hey, what are you doing here? Unless it's clear, right, there's somewhere they should not be, you know, in which case most other people, truthfully, if, you, if you're if you in a place you're not supposed to be, you'll get busted. There will be somebody there going like, you're not supposed to be here. So, you know, um, it, it's honestly, it's obvious. Don't do it. First of all, because yep. if you do it, you can be banned. You can't, they can't kick you off. They do have pictures in security of people not to allow back onto the studio lot. Um, so don't do it for that reason alone. Um, it is the corporate headquarters. So we try to be a little bit, the security's a little bit tighter than you know, other places. So, I mean, you know, for me personally, if I saw somebody like in the Hyperion bungalow, if that's what you're talking about, um, that's, you know, unless there's a meeting going on in there and somebody's in there, they'll kick you out. Um, you know, I do not encourage that at all. Never go anywhere on your own. You could walk about outside, even the first floor of animation. I, you know, I don't encourage that. I'm just saying that if that happens or you go to Legends Plaza, that's okay. Those are kind of public areas, if you will. As long as you're not creating a disturbance and you're not being obnoxious or anything, you know, that's fine. You're a guest to somebody. You're you're there on the lot because someone yes. gave you permission to be there. Yeah. So, you know, just be respectful of the space. Don't be dumb. Well let's let yeah, let's hear the hypothetical defense then. Hypothetically, <laughs> if you if you're wearing a badge and you're you're there as a guest, correct. Yes. You you stay away from places you shouldn't go into. Um, but uh yeah, very cool space. Uh the store is amazing. The um, just the grounds. I mean, knowing the history, when you start watching movies from the late 60s through the mid to late 70s, uh, that studio is every hospital in every Disney movie. It's every college campus in every Disney movie. You can see it immediately in the windows and the awnings. You can recognize the bushes, you know, the park benches. It's just a, a beautiful space. And you know, as much of a history fan as we are, um, anyone would breathe that all in. Ah. For the hypothetical person. So, Drew, take us back uh, a little over a year ago, uh, March 13th. Disneyland announced that it was going to be closing. What was going through your head? Uh, I was uh, in the midst of doing uh, one of my last tours, actually. Uh, my last tour was, I think, just a few days before that, where at the time we didn't know um, what was going to happen? You know, we didn't know how bad it was, you know, the pandemic and everything. So when the announcement came down, it wasn't necessarily a surprise, but it was like, wow, this is serious. And, um, and you know, if anything, I just not, a, I don't believe in regrets per se, but um, I do feel like, darn it, I, I wish I'd gone to the park 
one more time because I think the last time I'd been there was January, you know. So, um, you know, I, I wish I had gone one more time, but at the same time, you know, oh, maybe three months, you know. So, um, you know, I felt bad, but I'm like, you know, hey, we can, it'll be all right, you know, we'll figure this out. And we didn't figure it out. So it's, <laughs> you know, a year later, uh, you miss it. And you see, you know, one of the great things, though, the fans are, once again, awesome. I mean, seeing people's backyard versions of Pirates of the Caribbean or they did their own version of Haunted House, you know, and stuff like that. People got really creative because they missed it so much. And it was really fun to see, you know. So, that, I mean, there was always Disney around, you know, if you looked for it, if you wanted it. Um, I am a music person, so I love listening to all the ambient music from the lands and all that kind of stuff. Um but it was it was really weird, and uh, knowing that Disneyland had only closed a couple of times before ever in its history, and it was closed for so long, uh, that was uh, every month that went by. We're like, wow, this is this is hardcore, you know. So it was so many emotions, so many emotions. Mostly though, I wish I had gone one more time before the closure, you know. So now. Fast forward to now, and the park obviously has just opened. When were you finally able to get back in to the parks? I got really lucky. I have a friend that is a cast member at Disneyland, um, because only Disneyland Resort cast members were allowed to go to the preview. The preview days were between Tuesday and Thursday. It was relatively last minute when they announced the dates for it. They wanted to do it, but it was just getting the cast members up to speed, making sure that the attractions were working and, and the food areas were fine and all that kind of stuff. So they... Um, they wanted to make sure everything was up and running before they shared what dates might be open for cast members and their friends. So I was a guest with a friend who was a cast member uh, and he invited me because we're really, we're really good friends. I hope we still are. Um, and uh, that's how it was. I mean, I, I didn't contemplate buying a ticket, you know, going online and kind of dealing with all the downtimes of the process that I heard about later. Um, but uh, I thought I would wait, you know, because there's, you know, these things, first of all, I've been to the park so much. So I, I, I know this sounds like I'm being overly generous, but I really want people don't always get a chance to do. I think it, it means a lot to people. So I, I wanted other people to have that chance and I didn't want to clog up the works. I, uh, and that's the honest truth, uh, you know, but also, you know, there's a lot of bumps in the, in the road and, you know, eh, did I want to deal with all those challenges too? Like, I didn't know if I really wanted to. So I, I was going to wait a little bit and see how things go. But my friend invited me to the cast preview. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I'm one of those people because I know how life is. I don't get excited until my foot walks into whatever the situation is. So I was excited, but I was just like, okay, you know. <laughs> All right. And even as we're driving to Disneyland, right? I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, look, there's Mickey and Friends parking structure. Okay. You know, until I walked in, then, then, uh, then it got emotional. I had told people, cause people asked me too, what are you going to do? What's the first thing you're going to do, man? And, uh, you know, like implying what ride or what restaurant or whatever it is. I'm like, you know, the first thing I, I just want to walk on main street, man. I just want to, be on Main Street and hear the music and 
just soak it in and watch everybody else's reaction and just, ah, I am back. And that's pretty much what I did. Um, you know, we got in there and I, it's interesting. I thought I was going to cry. I didn't cry. I was very moved. Uh, but mostly I was overwhelmed with a lot of stuff. Part of it was familiarity. It felt like, you know, people keep saying I'm home again. Yeah. It felt like, ah, yeah, I'm back. You know, uh, when I did get really emotional was walking into Sleeping Beauty Castle. That uh, hearing When You Wish Upon a Star, which is a song they play when you go through. Uh, man, whew, I just um, that was that was a heck of a thing. That was amazing. Yeah, there really is nothing like that moment, um, you know, in, in Walt Disney World when you walk through Cinderella castle, it's a much longer castle and a longer hallway, but there's, there's not an overwhelming amount of music playing at that moment. You know, you're kind of moving between lands, but when you walk through sleeping beauty castle and it's always at the right time, you know, that music is always cued perfectly. And, uh, I can't even imagine after not being there for as long as, as, as everyone did and what that park means to Southern Californians or to Californians in general, it must have truly been emotional. So many people, in fact, um, you know, watching the news on opening day on Friday, um, they, I cried. This is when I cried. I was at home watching the news and this young young woman, she was in her early 20s, her and her group, you know, there's three of them. And she stopped, literally stops her group after they walk through that train overpass through the tunnel. And she just starts, looks around, starts crying. And then I'm just like, <laughs> you know, because I get it, man. You know, I, I totally understand that feeling, man. And it's just, just uh, it was, it was, uh, it was a heck of a thing to see. But I think everybody was sort of feeling that. I mean, and also it was cast members. So it was really special for, for like my friend was, hey, man, this is, look at us. You know, we're back. And then seeing, and what was cool for the cast members was they had the management. So during Friday, the opening, they had, you know, cast members in costumes and management out waving, everybody on cheering, welcome home. Welcome back. But for us, it was pretty much all just the management. So all these suits were out there waving at us and welcoming us in. And that was truly special. Um, and I thought that that was great on their behalf that they would do that. So that was really neat. Yeah, we were fortunate enough, my family, to go to Disney World in Florida um, on or in December. And, you know, you mentioned the cast member buildup and excitement. I'm going to tell you, we fed off of that. They were excited to see us. We were excited to see them. Yeah, we had a layer of cloth between our faces now, but you can still see a smile. You can see it in someone's eyeballs. And I will tell you, it was that moment of walking through just to get in and the moment of exhalation when you just sighed and you went, I'm here. This is that taste of normality that we have not had for way too long. And I could sense it in my children, and I could sense it in my wife. We held hands walking down Main Street, and it was home. And it was something that I will always treasure any trip. But man, December 2020, that's, there's many reasons to remember you know, that year. But uh, that was, a, I think, in my personal life, a, a trend back upwards. And that's, it's nice to hear that, obviously, California feels 
you know, you guys are going through the same thing a little later. I know I saw a report that cast members in Florida sent you all, a, you know, a banner to the cast members in California saying, hey, good for you, congratulations, welcome to reopening. But it is, it's this familial, um, you know, experience already that you share with everybody, cast members and other guests alike. But uh, it was, it, it it's it's interesting when you feel that emotion, but it clearly getting in the parks was was a big step. Like you said, taking that step in. It's a heck of a thing, man. It just uh, there's so many intangibles with that. You know, I can sit here and give you all kinds of adjectives, but really, honestly, it's indescribable. So yeah, I I feel you, sir. I feel you. So you grew up in Northern California, and. Um, Getting down to Disneyland, was that a, a common occurrence or did that happen uh, when you were a kid? When I was growing up, uh, we were in lower middle class, so we couldn't. I mean, I went once, I think, when I was one, uh, which we have old, like eight millimeter films of, you know. Um, but that was really rare. And it was only because my parents' friends uh, helped, you know, pay for the trip. So I, obviously, I don't remember that. I think I went a smattering of times when I was a teenager and it was a drive down with, you know, a couple of friends. And I think I went three times, uh, during my first 20 year, 21 years of life, um, to Disneyland. And so when you make the trek and again, at the time it was just the one park, um, you know, it's special, you know, it's enormously special. And back then there was slow days, you know? So, you know, it was, we could do a lot more than, than you, you could before the pandemic. Um, but, uh, you know, it was really, uh, it was a place, you know, what's funny is I never thought about working at Disneyland. That, that was almost a, a, a practicality thing. You know, I was going to school and, and I started working in a movie theater at first when I first moved down for about a year. Uh, my friend actually wanted to work at Disneyland. I was like, well, Disneyland, that's kind of cool. And I was a Disney fan, but I wasn't a Disney fan. I am a Disney fan now. But back then, I, I wasn't as much. I was a Walt Disney fan. I was an animation fan. Um, but uh, they took me and they didn't take him. And that just started everything. And then when you work there, it's hard not to fall in love with it you know it's uh it just opens up a whole new world of stuff so no i didn't come down all that much when i was living in berkeley and uh uh working there i went i was they teased me the people who worked at carnation man i worked every single day for about a year um even my days off so i knew that park inside and out like i knew every nook and cranny i knew the patterns i mean when guests asked me questions i could really help them out man it, like is now a good time to go to space mountain i'm like no you want to go at three o'clock when the parade's going on oh okay you know uh because i really knew i experienced it all so uh so i you know but i like that i've liked helping people and that'll do it for the first part of our interview with drew Next week, he'll share more stories about working on the Disney Studio lot. On May 17th, the Hyperion Hub celebrates its one-year anniversary. We want to thank all of you awesome listeners who have joined us on this journey and who have sent us messages and stories to share. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to my co-hosts, Sean and John. 
You can get a hold of us through email at podcast at thehyperionhub.com or on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. We're at Hub Hyperion. Until next week, have a great one, everybody. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub. Thank you.